Need a little ah in your step? Try this on for size. It's pop. It tastes great. It makes you feel kind of funny. Not here. Not down there. But all up in this area. Hello and welcome to the penultimate episode of Pop Up the Dark for 2019. That's the aim anyway. Um, I'm Nick and you join me as per usual on on my journey to the cinema where I am going to see Star Wars Episode 9 The Rise of Skywalker. Now this is uh, this is a bit different to what I normally do and the reason for that is because I've already reviewed The Rise of Skywalker and it's over on Diz After Dark. Now, I don't think anybody that listens to this doesn't subscribe to Diz After Dark. I'd be really shocked if people listen to this and don't subscribe to one of the other podcasts that I do because of the audience size, but maybe maybe you don't. So, episode 234 of Diz After Dark is uh, myself and Craig uh, talking about the rise of Skywalker, which we saw on opening day, and uh, it, the, the first half is non-spoilery, and then we have a, an interlude, and then we go into spoiler town, uh, and kind of go into more detail about the film. So usually on Pop After Dark, that's where film reviews are, are put, but Rise of Skywalker just, and I wasn't doing it alone, it just, it just felt like it deserved to be over on Dis After Dark, so uh, apologies, but... I'm on my way there again. I'm going back for round two. There's not been many films this year that I've gone back to see at the cinema a second time. There's been a few. Some of them are kids' films, like Frozen 2. Uh, I was going to say Lion King, and I realised I didn't actually... I went to the cinema with them to see Lion King, and I went to see Angry Birds 2 instead while they saw Lion King 2 because I didn't want to sit through it again um, so there's not been many times this year uh, outside of um, Avengers Endgame which I saw three times I think in the end um, of me going to the cinema but it's a Star Wars film right you can't just see it once at the cinema and I'm not even sure if this is going to be the last time I see it I might go a third. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. But I know my daughter has asked to go and see either Jumanji 2 or Star Wars. Now, she's seen bits and pieces of Star Wars. I tried to get her to watch the whole series with us on the lead up to seeing the Rise of Skywalker, but she fell asleep during A New Hope because we put it on quite late. And then we watched some of the films while she was at school. So she's seen Return of the Jedi. She's seen, and, and most of A New Hope. She saw none of the, the prequels. You know, I'm a good dad. And she saw The Force Awakens and Rise of uh, The Last Jedi. So she's, she's seen the latter two. So she could probably quite easily walk into Rise of Skywalker, but um, I don't, I'm not sure if it might be a, a bit too 
much for her. It might be a bit too emotional, a bit too scary. So I, I really want to take her, but I think responsible dad is questioning that judgment. So that's the only thing that's putting me off. Um, so yeah, it, it was Thursday, the 19th of December, that myself and my wife went to see The Rise of Skywalker. It's quite, I didn't talk about this on the, on the podcast episode actually, but um, we saw it in IMAX 3D. There was almost 30 minutes of, uh, of trailers and adverts. Um, to, uh, to see before the film started. <laughs> I've just seen a human version of a carrot on a stick with a man holding a packet of rolls and someone chasing him. Um, I think they were friends. I think it was all right. Um, so yeah, we saw that we saw that in IMAX 3D and just as the film started, this weird message popped up that said, this film has not been formatted in IMAX. There is like no special scenes or something. And then the IMAX kind of countdown started, but it kept flickering in and out. And I thought, okay, is this some like weird gimmick where they're gonna unveil some new IMAX logo? Uh, and then the film started and it was happening in the film. So you would literally get a scene of, uh, you know, once upon a time in a galaxy far, far away. Sorry, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And then it'd be black. Then the Star Wars logo would pop up and it'd be black. And then the scroll would start and then you'd get a bit of black. And then the writing would come back up and it'd be black. So it was clear there was something wrong with the projection. Uh, so someone rushed out. I was trying not to read the, the scroll because I thought if they're going to have to restart this film again, I don't want to start paying attention to it when it's gonna get restarted. So, um, but they, they stopped it quite quickly, sorted something out in the projector. Then they tried to get us to watch the trailers again. There was a massive kind of booing from the audience. Uh, and then it skipped to um, the, the, the BBFC certification page again. So all was right in the world and then the film started. I thought, oh my God, like taking the morning off of work, what are the chances that this is what's, what's happening? So, but luckily it, it all went fine in the end. Um, it wasn't worth seeing in IMAX 3D because it hadn't been remastered for IMAX really. None of the film expanded the whole way of the screen. I mean, it was still a bigger screen than normal and the 3D was really, you know, worked really well, but um, considering how much they, they charge you on top of a normal ticket to go and watch it in IMAX, I just felt a little bit cheated. Um, that was the only kind of downside. But yeah, if you listen to that review over on the, the Diz After Dark channel, then you'll hear what I thought about the film. I really liked it. Craig really liked it. Which I know is not a good barometer, right? Because anyone that knows Craig knows that every film he's seen is his new favourite film until he sees something else. Um, but we, we both had very similar feelings about it. It's really divided the, uh, the fandom, like much more than I was expecting it to. Uh, it's kind of done a, 
a 180 from The Last Jedi in terms of like response and stuff but um, yeah people have got real issues with this and it kind of goes to show that you just you couldn't please everybody I, I don't think any director could have made this film uh, and tweaked it and made it satisfy everybody I think it was very clear that in, in the same way that I had this issue with The Last Jedi I think people had an idea in their head about how the film was going to pan out and it didn't obviously tick their boxes and so it left them feeling disappointed but I've seen some people turn around and say like it's the worst film they've ever seen that it's ruined the whole franchise for them and that just baffles me it really does I mean I love the Marvel Cinematic Universe and there's some white turkeys in there and, you know I'm looking at you Dark World and two no actually I will, we'll just leave it with Dark World but Iron Man 2 alright there you go um, and there are some others that I'd put down on the list as well but yeah, I just can't get so much vitriol there you go so yeah that's that's where I'm gonna pretty much record up to I'm about halfway there the film started eight minutes ago and I've still got about another 10 minutes left of my of my journey but that's because I've already sat through adverts and trailers and stuff and I've already seen the film so if I do miss the very very beginning yeah I know what happens uh, but the reason for doing this over here is because I am going to see it a second time I want to see if my my feelings are the same if I still enjoy it on a second watch as much as I did on the first watch and uh, yeah so I'll, I will come back to you after I've left the cinema to talk about how a second viewing has left me basically so that's it um there I'm, i don't know when i'm going to fit it in but i'm going to try and do a look back over the year and the films that i've seen and you know kind of do a a review of the last year in film so I'll, i will try and get that out before the year is over that will be the final episode of the year if i if i do it um possibly depends on if i do that frozen episode of alice right look we'll just we'll just pretend that that's going to be the final episode anything else is a bonus right good agreed so i will uh, see you after i've seen star wars for the second time and normally i recall the ending to this on the way home from the cinema but because i knew he was going to see it today I've got Mr. Paul Washington, P. Dubs himself, uh, to make an appearance on Pop After Dark. So thank you for coming on. No worries at all. And he was such a professional, he even went to the usual recording place um, because that's where he always records stuff. But um, I'm currently computerless, so I have to do everything on Anchor at the moment. Yeah. So very frustrating. Um, but thank you. And. I've seen it twice. You've just come and, and seen it earlier today for the first time. And I know going into it, you'd you kind of seen what me and Craig had said, but 
you'd also seen, I suppose, a lot of what the the critics had said and uh, how it split the fandom. So um, what did you think of The Rise of Skywalker? Uh, Well, I'll start off by saying I think the critics are dickheads. I I tend to stray away from what what they say. I I make my own mind up. Um, if it's a film I want to see, I'll go and see it no matter what they yeah. say. Um, and I will say this is probably my favourite of the the new three films. Yeah, funny enough, um, just before we started recording, I I put together. I, I did what everyone's doing at the moment. Put together a collage of uh, the Star Wars films in their kind of preferred order, and. Uh, yeah, it, it got it crept into my top three um, ahead of Return of the Jedi before I then started back on the 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 last kind of um, trilogy of films uh, because yeah, on a, on a second watch I enjoyed it even more. I think when you when you see a film for the first time, especially one like a Star Wars film or, or you know possibly a Marvel film, you go in there with uh, an expectation of what you're going to get. I think well, yeah. I, I certainly do anyway, and I think that's why when I saw the, the Last Jedi for the first time, I left feeling really deflated because it wasn't the Star Wars film I was expecting to see. Yeah, uh, but going back and watching it, I enjoy it a lot more. And actually, I think it's better than the Force Awakens because it's so different in, yeah. in what it tries to do. I think the Force Awakens grabbed you by. Everybody kind of returning, um, especially with Harrison Ford being back. Uh, I think that it was it was very much oh this is this is the film that's going to tell the story that you know. Whereas uh, and I've only seen the Last Jedi I think twice, mm. and I haven't watched it in a while. But I wasn't a massive fan of it, and that was just one of those things. Uh, I think a lot of people were fans of it in the end. I know it got a, a mauling to start with from the fans. Um, and oh. still does. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely split the fan base. And as I said, I, I remember walking out of there after seeing it, I was very very quiet. And as I'd seen all the other films in this in this trilogy, I, you know, I went to see it with my wife, and you know, she said to me because I was so quiet, you know, oh, did you know you enjoyed it, right? And I went, I don't know. And she was like, What do you mean you don't know? And I went. I don't know how I feel about it. And she was like, well, I really enjoyed it. But she's not really a, a massive Star Wars fan. And it was, it was later on, I was trying to think about why I possibly felt the way I did. And, you know, some people saw it and loved it straight away. Others hated it with a passion. And I know certain people, it completely, it's, it's, it's actually stopped them going to see The Rise of Skywalker so far. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think, looking back, it was because I thought I knew where the story was going and it deviated massively. But actually, there's nothing wrong with that, but if you go in with an expectation of what you're going to get and it's not that, it's going to leave you a bit deflated. So I, I, I get it. And going back to The Force Awakens, you're, you're absolutely right. You know, It's very much fan service. Walking out there, I was like on cloud nine, but I've re-watched that I think maybe four or five times and each time I like it but it, it I, I kind of enjoy it a bit less than I did the previous time because it's almost too it, to me it's a great hits package yeah it's it's at times it's too on the nose yes for what they're trying to 
to tell. And and I can understand why they then tried to change it up with the second one. Hmm. Yeah. I, to- I totally understand that. I don't, but to be honest, I think in a way they had to play the first one safe because they were trying to get everyone back after a prequel trilogy which left quite a lot of Star Wars fans a bit down, like deflated then as well. Yeah, and so, they were running the franchise on animated TV series for, yes. for 10, 15 years. Yeah. yeah so I, I don't think they did anything wrong with The Force Awakens in trying to get those fans back, but I think they, they probably did the right thing in not playing it safe with, with The Last Jedi. Yeah. And what I think is interesting is one of, one of the, the biggest complaints I've seen so far about The Force Awakens is people going... Oh, it's been written by Reddit. It's been it's too much fan service, and I was like thinking, the Force Awakens is is much more fan servicey to me than the Rise of Skywalker yeah. is, and you lap that up. So yeah. I don't understand this fan base at all. I, I really no. don't. I, I don't get it. <laughs> it's just no. so confusing to me. And, and see, possibly that's that's the one bit I'm going to be picky with with. Uh, Rise of Skywalker is that I actually don't think there was enough. I think they brought people in, like Lando for a start, who's in it for what a couple of minutes altogether. Yeah, I think. I mean, it's not really a spoiler. He's in. He's throughout the film, but yeah, he's in it for small batches. But then the other thing, especially with him, is that he's eighty-two years old. Yeah, so he probably couldn't do much as much as they probably wanted him to anyway. Yeah. Really. And I think they I think they use him well, but yes, I mean if if they could have probably done more with him, if he was able to be more, you know, able to do more action scenes, I'd say yes, I would I would love to see more of him. What what we got with him, I really enjoyed. But yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I think um they could have done that a bit more. Um I I I think Considering the limitations, I mean, obviously, they were very limited with what they could do with Carrie Fisher. And this is another one. I think they did a really good job of incorporating her into it. Yeah, I don't understand how they've done it. um, Because a lot of it looks like she's actually standing there doing the scene that they've used it in. Yeah, and what's weird as well is that we know that a lot of... Well, I'd, I'd say a good a good portion of of this new trilogy uh, it has been filmed on sets rather yeah. than um, like green screen. So if it was green screen, very easy to just stick her anywhere. Um, but yeah, I think I think they've done an incredible job with it, and I don't understand the, the the only way I think you can really tell that she's not there doing it is because you know she's not there doing it. It's because you yeah. know that. I honestly don't think there's any other way they could have made it look more realistic than they, they had. No, and do you know what? The only time it stood out to me was when they were doing the shots from behind her, when you, you're sitting there thinking, well, clearly they filmed that with someone else. Yes. Yeah, but absolutely. that's because you know it's got to be someone else because she wasn't there. Yeah, that's it. And in fact, you know what? You know, for we know, they didn't use a double. They, yeah. they just had shots of her like from behind that they use for that you, you, you know yeah. I don't know but yeah absolutely because you don't get to see her reactions but there are shots where you do see her have reactions yeah. so I really do not buy into it at all but that said the one thing I didn't like when it came to 
layer, and this is a mild spoiler. Yeah, I um, know what you're going to say because I thought the same. There's a flashback scene, yeah. and it looks like a computer game. Yep, it looks like it could have been from the Fallen Jedi game that's just come out. Yeah, I so I don't understand, and it was unnecessary. They didn't even need to do that. No. So that's the only thing, and I thought that doesn't look realistic. And considering how well I thought they did it in Rogue One, and how well obviously their friends over at Marvel uh, yeah. are able to do this kind of thing, I don't know why they didn't do that. And I don't know if it was a, a late thing or, or what it was. But Mark Hamill in that scene looks like Mark Hamill. Yeah. So I don't understand how they've messed it up. I really, really hope by the time it comes out for home release, they fix it because that is yeah. the, the most jarring bit in the whole film. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I said, I, I've gone and, and seen it for a second time today and I actually enjoyed it more this time around, I think because I was able to watch it knowing exactly what was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> there was no expectation anymore. Yeah. So, um, but the main thing is I didn't enjoy it any less. And that's always the, the big thing when you go and rewatch something is, yeah. you know, does that diminish? And actually, I think if anything, I, I loved it even more. So um, I'm really glad that you enjoyed it. Um, yeah. In fact, I'm, I'm even shocked that Ben, Mr. I Hate Everything, and he's known the plot for this film because of the leaks for almost a year and has been spouting to anyone that was going to listen to him that this is going to be garbage. Even he's come out and said, yeah, it's not perfect, but it's far better than I expected it to be. Yeah. So most people that I know don't seem to share this, this whole kind of um, vitriol that uh, uh, you know, portions of the fan base do. I think it's not the majority. I just think it's the loudest that's yeah. having this as well. But yeah, it just, it just baffles me. I mean, look, and I'm, you... I'm going to be controversial as well. And I'm going to say that I think Ben's story arc is far better than Anakin's. Oh, without a shadow. Without a shadow. And, you know, if, they, if there's one thing... I mean, this is, this is a wrestling... What I'm going to say is a wrestling kind of thing, so it, it probably won't resonate with a lot of people. But there used to be a creative person in wrestling back in the 90s called Vince Russo, and he... They, everyone thought he was a brainchild of all these amazing storylines that they were doing when they were at the top of their game. WCW was the rival. They they bought him out of his contract, took him over there, and realised the reason why storylines worked was because he had a filter. He had so, he'd write the storylines and then it'd go off, get filtered, and that would be what ended up on TV. George Lucas in those prequels had no filter. No one was telling him no, George, and. That's to me. That's why the dialogue is so awful because it is. It's why the acting is so bad by people who we know are actually good actors. No one comes out of those films looking good. No one. No. Um, and also as well, like when it comes to editing, I, I was watching Attack of the Clones the other week, and there's one chase sequence in that which goes on for like over ten minutes, and it's like and. and it's a pointless bit of the story. Like it doesn't further. It's not like a really integral bit of the story at all. And it's like, why did no one say to him, "This doesn't need to be this long"? It's because he had a sandpit and he got to do whatever he wanted to. Yeah. And I think the only thing that I I kind of regret with this trilogy of films is that they didn't look at what Kevin Feige had done with Marvel. 
and they didn't sit there at day zero with JJ, with Kathleen, and you know everyone else associated, and went right. We're going to do these three films, and this is what we're going to do, and this is how we're going to do them. I would love to. Ryan Johnson is a great director, and he's proved that recently with Knives Out, which I highly recommend. But he should have been given the new trilogy, in my opinion, and be let wild to go and do what he wanted to do, because I think they would knock it out of the park. And I think the only problem with this is that you've got a J.J. Abrams film, a Ryan Johnson film, and a J.J. Abrams film, and they are three separate films. Yeah. And I think that's that's my only negative with this trilogy is I don't flow as well as that original trilogy, which had different directors as well. Um, yeah. But I just think they needed someone there to spearhead it. And I really hope with whatever they're going to do, do going forward, I mean, I would love to see Dave Filoni and John Favreau take over Lucasfilm. And I think that's the way it's going. Yeah. I think I think she's coming to the stage where I think she's she's probably done. Yeah, I, th- I I don't think... I mean, this is... I'm going to release this tomorrow after the, the box office numbers come out for the weekend. But it's tracking... Disney expected 160 domestic. I think it's going to get somewhere between 180 and 200, which will be the lowest of the saga films. Yeah. So I think that will be enough for them to go, you know, your, your time is done. We kept you on, but it's, yeah. it's not worked. Uh, and, you know... People hopefully have already seen The Mandalorian and know um, how good that show is. Um, there's been run by those two guys and the work that Dave Filoni's done over the last you know, decade or so um, and let them control where it goes next. Yeah. Because I think they've got a vision for it. Yeah, and they've got, a, they've got a big enough universe to play in now. Yeah. Uh, with different characters from comics, from video games. From the animation as well, and mm. we had a couple of the, the animated characters at the end of Rise of Skywalker, um, so they're definitely within that universe now, um, and hopefully they'll get to play with those a little bit more. Yep, yep, I agree. So uh, that that's all I had to say. Is there anything else you wanted to say before we wrap up? No, no, just really enjoyed it, and I'm glad I took the time out to go and go and see it in the cinema before Christmas. Yes. No, I, I'm too. I mean, you had a tough choice. You could have seen Cats. Uh, you chose to see this. Um, yeah. so, so there you go. But uh, thank you very much for joining me on this. No and, worries. Um, yeah, I, I will speak to you soon. And uh, listeners, there'll be another episode of this coming out uh, at the end of the year. So thank you for listening. Right. And as I said, I would leave this episode with... Uh, the opening box office weekend results when, when they were announced. So uh, it looks like 175.5 million is the domestic total that The Rise of Skywalker opened with in the US. Now, for any major film, that would be a really big opening, but they, the reports are kind of suggesting that... Um, it will be seen as a bit of a disappointment because um, it, it didn't top 200 million, which uh, you know is, is what the the previous two saga films did. So um, I mean, it's not a disappointment, is it? 175.5 million—it's huge numbers. But 
I suppose if you are literally comparing it to the last two films, then yes, it's lower. Uh, 2.50 and 2.20 were what uh, Force Awakens and The Last Jedi opened with, respectively. But then, again, it, it comes into what we were saying about the, the backlash with this film, um, especially after The Last Jedi um, getting such a kind of backlash. So I, I'm not surprised in some ways it's not opened higher. You know, it's the last one of the series. You would expect that to give it a boost, but because of how The Last Jedi made people feel, you know, it, it hasn't. Um, internationally, it did 198 million in 52 markets, um, with 26.8 million dollars in the UK. So I'm not sure what that translates to. Maybe 25 million ish. Um, Germany did 21 million and France did 15.2. Uh, Japan 14.6, Australia 12.6, China 12.1, which I think is okay for China because uh, Star Wars has never done well in China. So um, that's not too much of a surprise that it's done that. But um, big launches elsewhere. Um, so globally, 373 for the weekend nothing to be sniffed at so there you go what will be interesting is what happens next because opening weekends are great but how long is that going to go on for how long is this film going to be successful for how much money is it going to make overall that is the question but the rise of skywalker deserves to do better than the last jedi it deserves to be better than the force awakens in my opinion but that was a totally different ball game. So um, let's see what happens. But there you go. That is the rise of Skywalker, the opening weekend. So thank you for listening. Um, thank you for listening all year round and listening to a man mostly ramble to himself, occasionally ramble with somebody else. Um, and let's see what happens in 2020. Eh? I'll see you for the. Uh, end of the year review roundup coming soon thank you have a lovely christmas um go see the rise of skywalker maybe more than once and uh yeah enjoy yourself this podcast is part of the after dark podcast network <laughs>